Hello, and welcome to Connect, the weekly podcast of the California MBA featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. I'm Susan Malazzo, CEO of the California MBA, and I'm very happy that you could join us today. Before I get to today's guest, I'd like to thank our Connect podcast sponsor, Incelerate. Thanks, Susan, and thanks for listening. This is Josh Wren, CEO and founder of Incelerate. We're grateful for our partnership with the CMBA and are committed as a company to help lenders close more loans. We do this with our customer experience platform that has a CRM, lead management, marketing, automation, robust content library, desktop and mobile applications. We do this to help you engage and stay connected to your current borrowers, referral partners, past borrowers, and potential new ones. If you want to find out why we're the fastest growing CRM provider in the mortgage industry, please reach out to us and ask for a demo. Okay, thank you, Josh. And with that, I'd love to uh, welcome today's guest. Uh, with me today, I have Bobby Korshidi, who's president and CEO of Archway Capital. Welcome, Bobby. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, happy that you could make this happen. Uh, we met each other a couple of years ago at Western States Craft, so which is is coming up quickly. And looking forward to that event. So happy that you could join us here on Connect. I always like to start out with a little bit of background and asking people how they got into the mortgage industry. Well, um, I actually got into the mortgage industry in a sort of fell into it. It, it was one of those things. I um, I actually I graduated college. I went to UCLA and I actually went to medical school and um, I went to Boston University for med school. And after a year being in med school, I just thought, well, maybe I should take a year off and see what else is out there. You know, I, I, I got I was so enamored with the idea of being a physician that I really, or, and, and actually so enamored with the idea of getting into med school, it was such a challenge that um, I sort of lost touch or lost sight of the reasons that I was there. And um, so I got a job out of my first year out of uh, med school, I got a job working for Wells Fargo. And I actually got a job as a loan processor. And I, I worked for a residential home loan originator who was top 10 in the country. And uh, six months later, I was promoted to being a full loan officer. And six months after that, I um, actually started building a team. Uh, this is So this is back in, uh, I would say 2002, 2003. I built a team and I had a junior loan officer. I had one working for me. And uh, seven years later, I was one of the top uh, loan producers for Wells Fargo in the country. I had done about over a billion dollars in single family residential consumer home loans. And um, and so it was a nice, it was a really nice ride for me. Um, and that's where I cut my teeth on um, originations, uh, sales management, uh, and also credit. I had credit authority by the time I left Wells Fargo uh, working for the private bank. So. That's how I got into the business, and uh, you know, 2009 when the the market turned, that was for me sort of a very good time to move on and do something else. And so, um, I, you know, Wells Fargo was a great organization, um, top-notch leadership. I learned a lot uh, being there, and um, when the market turned, I just sort of thought that I just wanted a bigger challenge. So. That's how I left Wells Fargo. 
and started on com in commercial lending, which is a much different uh, different ball of wax than residential yeah. lending. So that's a, a good a good leap there as well. But it's good it to is, have it both, I think it's good to have experience on both sides of that lending. Not a lot of people do. And when I'm especially from a just a sidebar a second, especially when I'm trying to talk about like legislative issues that mostly impact residential lending because it's too cons it's consumer facing. So a lot mm -hmm. of times people on the commercial side have a hard time like, well, why is that important? You know, like that's not affecting the, my my right. deal I got going right now. Right, right. It is important. And you know, actually, um, commercial lending was really all self-taught. So when I left when I left in 2009, I started I started a company where we started buying discounted performing and non-performing bank loans. And so mm -hmm. I, that's how I cut my teeth in commercial lending and really um, started with what makes a bad loan. And um, you know back then, uh, we we you know we purchased back then we purchased from uh, a lot of regional banks. We purchased it was auction.com was the big one then where they were selling their uh, after the downturn they were selling uh, non-performing loans. They were all commercial non-consumer loans. So you know I, I really just learned on the job. I got to learn what really makes a bad loan and why these loans went into default and um, and I got to learn uh, many markets across the country and build contacts. And it wasn't until roughly 2016 where um, I actually got into the res into the uh, commercial um, debt business, and um, and and which really morphed into what our trade capital is today. Yeah, yeah. So um, I did want to talk with you kind of about our, our current market we're in now. You know, 22 is a a tough market um, for real estate finance, kind of across the board. What asset classes are you seeing that would that are going to fare better in this market than than others? Well, I think um, there is. Well, I, I'm going to start with saying I think with what I think will not fare. Um, what was going to be a little challenge was going to be the most challenged, and I would say that's probably office. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, there are some winners and losers uh, due to all the changes in with COVID. With, with respect to how we live, where we work, how we, how we spend. And one of those uh, losers are, are, are office. And I think um, huge beneficiary is uh, obviously industrial. And, um, but I think you know, office is a little bit challenged and um, you're starting to see you know, really astute real estate investors really put their heads together and just think of what they wanna do with the office, how they wanna address this challenge. We, we had a similar challenge. We had a similar challenge in retail when we had a when we had a lot of big box, and so um, the, you know in retail the, the the business kind of morphed, and the big box tenants sort of went out of business or they moved online, and so we face that uh, ex that challenge existed in retail, and we're now facing a similar challenge as it relates to uh, office and some hospitality, right? Um, but I think I think for the most part, I think uh, industrial and uh, multifamily, multifamily really due to rent growth, industrial mm. due to spending habits. You know, if you if you look at the numbers, the we're really in terms of the consumer and how much spending is done online, we're really just hitting the tip of the iceberg. And wow. I, I think it's I think it's a generational thing. 
I think you're sort of uh, seeing younger folks spend more time online and more time shopping online and will pay for their conveniences. Whereas, um, you know, the older uh, demographic is maybe likes to, you know, touch and feel and walk into a store and, you right. know, reti retired gives you something to do, right? So, um, but I think for the most part, I mean, we're really bullish on industrial and um, multifamily is, I mean, specifically here in California, there's a lack of housing and that's, you know, uh, creating upward pressure on rental rates. And I think it will, it's going to continue for the foreseeable future. And then there's obviously um, inflation and cost of goods. Uh, landlords need to push the rents to really keep up with expenses. And so I think, I think, uh, so, so really, I would say the darling of the asset classes are now um, industrial and multifamily. How is that, how's the archway setting itself uh, apart from your competitors? Well, I think, I think one of our strengths at Archway is, is that we understand real estate um, and Archway's uh, senior management is comp comprised of a group of very um, experienced real estate operators. We understand the asset classes, not as good as our sponsors, but, and, you know, and specific to their markets, but we understand real estate and we understand that things don't always turn out the way they look on Argus or in Excel. And, and really it's our, I would say it's our experience, a breadth of experience, experience across all asset classes. And um, we, uh, senior leadership has owned and operated um, in every asset class that you can imagine. And I think it has to do with our experience and really understanding and wrapping our heads around specific markets and also our sponsored business plans. What, uh, what are some of the unique deals you're, you guys are looking at this year? We, um, so we've really done, uh, you know, our, our portfolio is pretty well balanced. So I'd say, I don't think we have, uh, and, and that's by design. I don't, we don't have a um, heavy concentration in any particular asset class. Um, we have done, uh, we had a $30 million deal that we did in Denver on a uh, multi-tenant shopping center. Um, that was a really great uh, deal for us, and it was referred to us by a you know, well-known group here in Los Angeles. Uh, as far as um, as far as the originations team, we uh, just did a multi-fam. We just did a multi-tenant industrial deal in Florida. Um, we uh, funded a uh, a motel conversion to multi-family in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. So we're really um, you know, we have a deal in Dallas that's an office conversion to a uh, hotel. Um, so we're really, we're really, um, we, we, we provided a pref equity uh, on a uh, pref equity on a hotel deal in Dallas. So we, we're really, we got our hands in there um, across all markets and, and, and asset classes. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, so a little bit, you know, more about, you know, the current market. How has the current capital market impacted Archway's business? I think it's, um, I think it's giving us a huge competitive advantage. Uh, we are a balance sheet portfolio lender. We don't um, syndicate our loans. We don't sell our loans. What happens in the secondary market doesn't impact us. 
And it's been a huge competitive advantage. We've really, um, over the last six months, we, we're, we're busier than we've ever been. And we're focusing on um, making quality loans and growing our portfolio. And, uh, you know, really just getting a sense of um, really being in tune with our, our sponsors, just making it a win-win, I think. Um, and, and I would say that for most fixed rate bridge lenders, um, I would say that it's a busy time, definitely. Um, you know, one of the things I, you know, getting away from from business business for a minute, one of the things I, I'd seen on your bio is that you're on the board for the UCLA Mattel Children's Hospital. So tell us a little about that charity and why you, sure. you volunteer with them. Great, great cause, by the way. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I you know, children's causes have always been um, very near and dear to my heart. Um, and my involvement with UCLA comes from a personal experience. Um, five years ago, uh, my uh, daughter suffered a traumatic brain injury. And, you know, thank God she's made it through, you know, she had to learn how to walk again. And um, she was seven at the time, she's 12 now. And, you know, I remember um, when she was in intensive care, I remember walking the, the, uh, the hallways of the hospital and seeing all the names on the walls. And it was sort of a, I just had a sort of a spiritual moment where I said, um, where I said, you know, if everything turns out okay, I mean, this and in the hospital was an amazing place. You know, miracles happen there every day, and and uh, so I said, you know, I want to become more involved. You know, I'd like to become more involved with the hospital. Uh, we had a huge fundraiser, and we raised a quarter million dollars for the hospital. And then I said, you know, maybe I might spend some time volunteering in the hospital because I just think it'd be a cool thing, you know. Little did I know that after dropping out of med school, I'd end up yeah. being involved in the hospital. Um, and, you know, then I got a phone call from the director of development. She said, you know, it's really great that you want to volunteer here, but I think, I think we'll put you to work fundraising. And I said, okay, you know, it was, it was, we said, great. And so, um, so I got involved with uh, UCLA and, uh, with respect to children's causes, I'm also involved with another organization called High Lifeline, which um, provides resources to families of children with life-threatening illnesses. So it's all about it's all about kids, and they provide um, it's more emotional support and you know sort of the your family multiplying overnight type of thing. And they're a terrific organization. So really, uh, children are near and dear to my heart, and I have three of them. And they drive me crazy, um, but you know, um, you know, it I, I one of the, you know, get easier when they get older. By the way, they still no, drive me crazy for different not. reasons. I have a teenager now, and <laughs> and uh, you know, but one of the things you realize when you're when your child is away in the hospital is the silence is deafening. Yeah. And um, you know, so again, I just filled with tremendous amount of gratitude and. And uh, that's how I got involved uh, with both these causes. Great story of giving back, especially, you know, gosh, you know, I know we all feel this way, but, you know, we'd rather have things happen to ourselves than our kids. You know, those are, that's Absolutely. just uh, how I think all parents, uh, all parents feel. And that's a, a great Absolutely. story and a, a great charity. Good for you uh, for, for supporting them. Um, you are also one of the speakers on our structured finance panel at Western States Craft Conference this year, which is coming up really quickly here in Las Vegas. Um, you want to give us, uh, our listeners, some of the highlights on some of the things you're going to cover on that panel? 
Sure. You know, I, I think I think the message is, you know, I, you know, we, we just had a panel call, and I think the message is is that you know we we are you know we, we like to work. I think the goal of ha of having conferences is to bring people together and really put our put our minds together and be able to solve problems. And I think I think that's really um, and I think that's why uh, this organization is just a just a tremendous resource. I learned so much just being on a panel call from our peers um, yesterday. And so that's what we really want to do. We, we'd like to meet people and tell them how we can help them grow their business and how we can be how we can solve problems and um, and really um, be a resource to them and you know help everyone's I mean ultimately everyone's families, right? I mean that's that's what we're all working for really is our families. And so um, but I think that's I would say that in general, that's something that's really important to me as I started Archway is is really just focusing on solving problems. You know, people, I just feel like people in business are so, you know, you, people in business can tend to be myopic and really focus on numbers and um, and just uh, lose grasp of the bigger picture. And that's what we all do here. We're all problem solvers. And, um, and that's been my real life philosophy is you solve a problem, you make money, and the more problems you solve, the more, I mean, the money sort of just follows. Um, good ideas, hard work, ingenuity. And um, so really, that's really the goal. The goal is to um, bring together a group of like-minded individuals and help us solve problems. And, uh, and you know, in times of, in good times and bad times and weird times like we have right now, right. Um, sort of not, not knowing which way is up. But um, yeah, so that's really my goal. And uh, hopefully we can get down to some details about the way we're looking at deals and which will help um, the brokerage community sort of uh, or the capital markets community sort of uh, put in set expectations properly with their clients and just help uh, grow everyone's business. I, that's really the goal. I think that's going to be a great session. Um, looking forward to it at uh, this year's Western States Craft Conference. So, Bobby, thank you for being a part of our conference coming up and for being a guest on Connect. I was happy that this worked out to uh, welcome you today. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Good to be here. And thank all of you for joining us today on Connect. Uh, to access any of our episodes, you can follow us on our YouTube channel. We're also available on Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and Spotify. That's it for this week, and we'll see you next time on Connect.